Hello there, my friends, and welcome to Story You Talk Radio. I'm your host, Coach Debbie, and I'm delighted to spend this hour with you. So thanks so much for reserving some time to spend with me here at Story You Talk Radio. We talk everything stories. So maybe you are writing an essay about your story. Maybe you are working on a blog or a podcast, or maybe you're even working on a book. I can tell you that some of my students are. They're coming right along here. But whatever it is, maybe you're just living in your best life story and you come here for basic tips and tricks on how to spend each day. I am delighted to have you along. And I love to receive your calls and your letters. I hope you follow me on Facebook because I'll put out for you the topic of every Thursday's show. Today we are talking about finding your place in the spotlight. Finding your place in the spotlight because most everyone has an awkward feeling about being center stage. So what is then your place in the spotlight? If it feels odd to you, what do you do about this? Dawn said, you know, how do I manage that inner critic? And Melanie said today, well, what if I feel like I need to do more research before I get in the spotlight? And Kim was recently talking to me about the idea that she doesn't think she's ever going to be ready enough, or as she says, word fit enough for the spotlight. So I want to help y'all on this. When it is your time to be in the spotlight, how is it that you're going to approach it? And one thing I want to remind you of is that if you've been on this on this lovely planet for a decade or more, you've probably started to develop an inner critic. But I want to let you know something really interesting here. If you've only been here for a very, very short period of time, not even a decade, you have this thing that science is now calling. I mean, they have empirical evidence around this. They're calling it your inner genius, not your inner critic, you know, who's grown up, who's had experience, who's cultivated memories, who's gone through all sorts of episodes with authorities and bullies and antagonists, you know, that person most of us, have developed some sort of inner critic. But before, before that critic even started to show its face, there was this thing called the inner genius. And it's still inside of you, even if you don't feel like you hear from it that often. So part of today's show is going to be about awakening that side of you, that side of you that's more innocent, more creative, 
more into the exploration and the journey and less focused on what it's all seemingly going to be like once you get under the spotlight. You know, most of us think that if we're in the spotlight, everybody's looking, everybody cares, everybody has an opinion, everyone's judging us, everyone's going to make it wrong. Even if we don't hear it in those exact words, our mind tends to go to a place that can be a little bit dark. So what I want to do today is help you see that even if that part of your mind gets a lot of attention, there is this other part called the inner genius that is always willing to help you out in those spotlight awkward moments. I promise you. Keep listening. Think about what your question is. And once you've got it, I'd love for you to either call in or write to me. You can write to me by going to your email and send it to Ask Coach Debbie. Ask Coach Debbie is all one word at gmail.com. And Debbie is spelled D-E-B-B-Y. Ask Coach Debbie at gmail.com. If you would like, you can call in. And our number is 1-888-298-5569. And I would be so happy to take your call. Eric is always ready, standing on on by there, and he would be the one answering the phone, connecting you and I, and allowing us to go on air and chat about your question. And, you know, you might think that the rest of the world, speaking of the spotlight, knows who you are and where you live and what's going on with you. But actually, when you call in, you are basically a voice for many, you're talking about a situation that many of us are going through. At best, people are only going to learn your first name. Uh, if you don't want to give up your first name, you don't have to. But nobody knows where you live. Nobody knows what you're writing about unless you decide to tell us. It's pretty anonymous. So if you have a question, and you would like to get coached today, just know I would love to help you out with that. The number 1-888-298-5569. And we'll be taking a break at 20 minutes after the hour. So that's a real good time to give me a call. But like I said, I've already started to hear from people and I want to give a little attention to this idea that Sometimes it's hard to find our place under the spotlight, like the place where we can feel really comfortable. Here's something I learned about recently. There's this thing called the spotlight effect. Do you know about this? Like I said, I only learned about it recently. So let me read this to you. This says, The spotlight effect is the phenomenon in which 
people tend to believe they are being noticed more than they really are. The spotlight effect is a phenomenon in which people tend to believe they're being noticed more than they really are. It's this whole idea that everybody's watching, everybody's judging, everybody's making an opinion about me. But I I honestly think it goes deeper. I think the reason we are afraid of being in the spotlight is that our inner critic tells us whatever others think must be right. And that just isn't true. Or whatever others judge about us must be right. And that isn't true. We even might think something like, um, whatever someone says when they're mad or when they're scared or when they think we've wronged them must be true. But no, all that's happening is you're feeling the brightness and the weight of being brightly shown under the spotlight. You're feeling that scared, awful, got to run from a tiger, flee feeling. I just got to get out of here. But I really think it has to do with believing that the other is correct. And that's how our entire inner critic is built. When we outsource where opinions come from, and we take them to mean more than our own good judgment of ourselves. So for example, let's say, let's say I invited you and all your friends and everyone you knew to my book reading. And let's say they put a spotlight over my head as they often do. And let's say, They gave me a microphone. And let's say I was reading from my latest book. And in the middle of it all, instead of focusing on the words that I was going to read, I started to think, I wonder if I'm standing up straight under this spotlight. I wonder if I'm not standing up straight if somebody noticed. I wonder... If somebody notices, probably everyone will notice. (gasps) If everyone notices, probably someone in the crowd is going to write about it on social media. (gasps) If somebody writes about it on social media, everyone else will start commenting. (gasps) If everyone starts commenting, no one's paying attention to my book. Everyone is paying attention to the fact that I wasn't standing up straight. You see how this goes? This is, my friends, what I call madness, (laughs) but it is also, it's just this normal, weird thing we do because our self-conscious gets involved there. This this concept we have of ourselves starts to tilt. It gets critical. It might even have an experience of us to go back to when we could say, but remember back there 
when I really wasn't standing up straight. Oh man, we can, we can really, really scare ourselves when we think this way. And if you are an author, a writer, a podcaster, a presenter, a speaker, or even if you're someone just trying to get through your daily life, you know that if you listen to these critical thoughts at some point in your day, probably right away, you're going to start going down. You're going to feel what is called the spotlight effect. You're going to think that whatever judgments could be made about you are being made about you. Now, here's the interesting thing. Our brain not only can conjure up an inner critic that does this to us, but our default setting is to have more of a genius, not a critic, a genius that knows us well, that is lighthearted, that loves to be creative, that accepts that sometimes we're not going to stand up straight, we're going to forget, that doesn't think it's a big deal at all, that really works hard in the world and knows that even though we work hard, we sometimes have flaws and they're sometimes seen and they're sometimes talked about. But this sort of genius really defaults into being creative and intuitive and kind and letting the rest just kind of go. This inner genius doesn't worry day and night and night and day that others who are judging will inflame it into something huge and that the whole entire world will get on board and make it bad. That's just what the mind does, the critic does, this spotlight effect. But we don't have to live that way. Like I said, we got a call today from one person who said, yeah, what do we do when that inner critic comes in real strong? What do we do? You know, my first bit of advice around this would be that if you notice animals, for example, that are in the stream of water, you probably would notice that they're, they're usually going downstream more often than they're going up. Well, there's a reason for that. It doesn't begin to take nearly as much energy to go downstream or, as you might say, go with the flow as it does to go upstream. It's not to say that you shouldn't take on a great challenge if you are moved to take it on. Sure. Why not? But you don't have to go against nature to produce something. What if you are trying to produce a book or blog, a podcast, a speech? What if every single step of that required that you go upstream? Well, you probably know you're going to get real tired of that project really fast. But what if instead, what if instead with this project you 
let's say you took your rowboat and you put it in the stream and you just noticed that without doing anything naturally, you start going downstream. That's the natural momentum of your boat. Well, what if that was you deciding to get involved in your book and you followed that natural natural momentum of your book? Which means that instead of going against the current, you go downstream. You go with it. So if your mind is deeply in chapter five, but you haven't written chapter four, why not write out what you're thinking about for chapter five? Why not? There's nothing saying that you have to write chapter four before you write chapter five. If you know that chapter four in the book belongs before chapter five, well, you've got plenty of time to put it in that order. But nobody said that if you roll out of bed on Wednesday and chapter five's on your mind, but on Tuesday, you didn't write chapter four. Nobody said that there was any harm in moving forward with chapter five right here, right now. That's going with the flow. That's putting your boat in the water and heading downstream. That's allowing momentum or what Wayne Dyer calls your inner genius to take over instead of your inner critic. If you're like me, you're going to have to develop a practice where anytime your inner critic comes and sort of sits down on your shoulder and starts feeding your ear full of false identity about you, you just say, you know what? I heard that, but I find it easier to go downstream and I'm just going to give that a try for a few minutes. I'll tell you this. If you do something for a few minutes, your brain starts to want to do more of that. If you can stick with something for a few minutes, you'll find you want to do more. So is this speaking to you? Have you ever felt like you were under the spotlight, that things were just a little too heavy for you? I'm going to take your questions about that today. And if we have time, I've got six ways that you can address this. Stay tuned. We're going to take our first break, but we will be right back. Are you ready to venture off the beaten path, expand your mind, raise your consciousness, and open your heart? Allow me to entice you with interviews with amazing souls from around the world, indulge in history, mystery, science, and spirituality. There's weekly skin tips, live esoteric readings, and answers to life's burning questions. So come join me, Sakura, your host, intuitive medium and spiritual hypnotherapist, each Wednesday at 2 to 3 p.m. right here on KKNW for Love from the Hip. Talk radio for the heart and soul. Alternative Talk 1150. 
Welcome back to Story You Talk Radio. I am your host, Coach Debbie. And I just want to thank you for stopping in today as we are talking about finding your place in the spotlight. A lot of you know that I coach writers and I tend to work with writers on like a VIP level. That's often someone that really needs to dive in deep for like two weeks or 30 days and flesh out a a book that they're working on. Sometimes I work with people for 90 days. I have a 90-day author membership that allows you to get live classes as well as one-on-one coaching with me. And I have an online portal along with that. Some people invest in a six-month program and others right out of the gate, they know that they want to be working together for a full year. But regardless of the time commitment, one thing I know is that if you develop a regular practice with yourself, meaning a journaling practice or an outdoor walking practice or a practice where you record your voice and your thoughts. If you can make a a commitment to doing that, you will know if this dream to write a book or start a podcast or create a TED Talk, you will know if that is something you want to carry out. And like I said, I love to work with people on a 90-day, six-month, a one-year contract, and it doesn't take that much for us to figure out if we are a fit. So if that's something you're thinking aligns with your goals for 2022, I'd love to invite you to head over to my website, which is coachdebbie.com, and Debbie is spelled D-E-B-B-Y coachdebbie.com. Just click on connect and it'll allow you to tell me anything about your plans or uh, just what you dream about at night. You don't have to be formal in any way, shape or form, but let me know a little something so that I can reply and we can get the conversation going and see how I might help you. We talk a lot in my classes about the sort of topics I bring here, and then one-on-one and in the group coaching, we go quite a bit deeper. Today, the topic we're getting into is finding your place in the spotlight, because what I understand is that most everyone feels at least a little bit awkward about being center stage. It takes a little bit of time. It can take a lot of getting used to. And even if you think you're used to it, there's often a moment where you come out on stage or you relinquish a new blog post or you speak into a microphone and you feel really, really, really awkward. There's there's a natural, strong discomfort And sometimes a voice inside that tells you everyone's looking. And if everyone's looking, then everyone is judging. And if everyone's judging, I'm just about to faint here. 
I won't make it through that. But oftentimes what that is, is just our perfectionism kind of bubbling up to the surface. And I think we all have to give ourselves a real, just, just a lot of slack for that because we became perfectionists to a low degree, middle degree, or a high degree because our mind just took one tiny little bit of judgment and thought about it a lot. Honestly, perfectionism comes from overthinking about some sort of judgment. So go back into your experience or just listen to this one that came up recently when Kim and I were talking. And one of the things she said was she has this moment when she was a little girl and well, you know, tennish, something like that. And she was asked to come up in front of the class and spell something. And it was just an assignment. It was something that they did every week in school. And as she was on her way up to the class, she was really excited because she said, finally, I not only got called on when I knew how to spell it, but I knew without a shadow of a doubt, I could do this, that I could get up there, I could spell it. And I'm not sure if it was a spelling bee or what have you, but she was expressing this and she was really, really excited. And she goes, and then this happens. I trip on my way up to the front and my skirt goes up and everyone sees my underwear and they start laughing. All right. This, this goes back to her being like fourth grade, fifth grade. Now I'm not saying, I'm not saying for a second that that wasn't one of those awful spotlight moments where you just wish you could take back the last five seconds so badly. But here's the weird thing, and we don't, we don't give this much credit. Those moments, they happened in a flash. They were five-second moments. You trip, people laugh. But what happens is that the total embarrassment, the flood of feelings gets played over and over and over again in your mind to the point that it's it's almost impossible to forget about it. It's just something played again and again and again. I have these memories too. What that does is that nurtures the growth of an inner critic. If you ever wondered where an inner critic came from, it's from these moments where something happened. It wasn't supposed to happen, but it did. She wasn't supposed to trip. Her vision was that she was going to make it up front, spell the word, win the prize. But what happened instead was she tripped, she fell, she was embarrassed. People saw her in a way that she didn't want to be seen. They laughed. And she thought about it over and over and over and over again. And it became this little groove of embarrassment in her mind. Now, Kim is in no way to be blamed that this happened, right? 
are overthinking around something, no, 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 no. It's, it's not for us to blame. But here's where it gets interesting. If you can catch that that's what happened, you can turn it around. You can start to work with the overthinking, the part of you that says, I'm not safe anywhere. I can't be under the spotlight. I can't talk publicly. I can't go in front of others. That part, that part only was birthed from some bad experience that got played over and over again in our mind. That part in our mind thinks it's more true that we're going to be embarrassed again than it could be true that whatever we have to offer now as an adult with skills has any meaning at all. Another example I want to share with you is, um, let's just go with the same gal, Kim. She was just very, very nervous that since this had happened, there was no way she would put herself in a situation where she would be spotlit again. But what ended up happening is she was asked to give uh, time at a conference, and it meant going up in front of everyone and doing just a little 12-minute talk on her particular topic. And I do want to keep her anonymous, so I'm, I'm not going to go into details. But just imagine you're at a conference and you're, walking a wom- you're watching a woman go up to the front and she's, she's about to deliver her talk. Now, she told me right as she was able to start to see the microphone and get closer and closer to it, she could feel the panic attack coming on. And she had this memory of tripping as that little girl in the spelling bee or whatever it was. And it really flipped her out. She felt like her stomach turned upside down and that she was not safe and that she had better go and sit down before she opened her mouth. But she looked out in the crowd and she saw one of her colleagues who was smiling ear to ear and gave her kind of a a little high five And she just decided to open up and start talking about her topic. And after a few, you know, seconds or maybe more, um, she forgot to be afraid. And that's really how it works. We're often very afraid. We're in the spotlight. We take the challenge because that's just a little moment where we're going upstream. We take it on. We start talking and we don't even realize that we've become comfortable 15 seconds, 30 seconds into it. And now we're going downstream with the flow. We've left the inner critic and we're with our inner genius. We got over that hump. We got over that hurdle of beginning of feeling so unsafe, we got a little high five from our friend in the audience and we're back to flowing 
downstream. She was back to talking about her topic that she knows so much about. She was back in her genius. What about you? I know you relate to this on some level. And like I said, maybe you're someone putting together a book. Maybe you're someone putting together your podcast or your speech. Or maybe you are someone who, because of your work life or your life with kids or your life with your relationship or your money or your business, you feel challenged and you feel like the spotlight is on you. You feel like if you don't perform well, everything is going to cave in. I go through this a few times a week, sometimes a few times a minute. It's a real thing, and it's called an inner critic. But if you can also entertain the fact that long before, long before you had an inner critic, you also had, and you still have, an inner genius. It's that part of you that doesn't know any better than to just be you. It's that part of you that's creative. It's intuitive. It loves to do fun things like dance or sing or hike or swim or walk or be with your grandkids or anything, travel. It loves to just be in what you decide is fun. It's your inner genius. The inner critic is the absolute opposite. It's what we created because at some point something embarrassing or judgmental happened to us And we played that in our memories over and over and over and over again to the point that it's such a deep groove that it's what gets called up anytime we face some sort of challenge. So here's some things that your inner critic might say to you verbatim. It might say to you, but I just want to get things right. You know you're dealing with your inner critic if you hear that in your mind. I just want to get things right. You know you're dealing with an inner critic if you hear this. Is my writing good enough yet? Am I good enough to do this? If you hear that in your mind, you know that's your inner critic. That's not your inner genius. What about this one? I just have too much to do. I mean, I would write my book and I I would do a podcast, but I I have too much to do. I'm overextended. That's that's actually an an interesting inner critic because that's an inner critic that has gone to the point to protect you deeply. Oh, I'm just far too busy to take on that book or podcast, even though it's my heart desire. Yep, too busy. How about this one? Am I good enough to stand out? Is what I'm creating ever going to be seen as good? Am I good enough? Does that that play in your mind? If it does, that's the critic. How about this one? 
is it even safe to speak up? Is it safe to go there? Is it safe to say yes? Is it safe to stick my neck out? Is it safe to try? What if it's not safe? I shouldn't try because I'm, I'm just not sure it would be safe. That's all of these. All of these is just your inner critic taking really good care of you and saying, listen, instead of you risking embarrassment, instead of you going under the spotlight, instead of you enduring whatever it would take to find your place in the spotlight, listen to me, listen to me, your inner critic, and just know that you, yeah, you might not be good enough. You might not be, oh, you might have too much to do. Yeah, but that's it. You might not ever quite be amazing enough that it'd be worthy of taking the risk. Don't do it. That's just the critic. That's just you feeling like you're not quite ready for the spotlight. And you know what? That's completely normal. So we're going to take another break here. When we come back, I'm going to share with you more real stories, but I'm also going to share with you how to turn that critic 180 so you're starting to listen to your inner genius. So stay tuned. We're going to come right back. Every person with a disability deserves equity in education, employment, and their community. Sherwood Community Services takes pride in serving all people with disabilities and their families since 1957, including in rural areas and non-native English-speaking communities. Sherwood provides service in Snohomish, Skagit, and Island Counties. Sherwood is open for referrals for telehealth and virtual support for children and adults with disabilities. To find out more, visit SherwoodCS.org. Sherwood, believing in abilities. Alternative Talk 1150. And welcome back. If you're just tuning in, we're talking about that real uncomfortable feeling that most of us go through when we feel like we are under the spotlight. There is a place for all of us in the spotlight. And you might think, well, the only place, the only way to get in the spotlight is if you're talking to hundreds and millions of people and everyone's looking at you and what a daunting experience that would be. But actually, sometimes the spotlight is something a little more intimate. It might be when you send in an essay to a magazine that you really admire. You might be sort of in the spotlight because you made quite a a controversial post on your social media. You might be in the spotlight because you stood up for someone in your family that was really, really taking the brunt of a situation. And you said, hey, no, no, I don't like that. And all of a sudden the spotlight was on you. The interesting thing about finding your place in the spotlight is that 
either as you approach it or once you're in it, there's this thinking that comes along, which is that everyone's judging every single move I make and it's all just about to go really, really bad. The interesting thing is, especially if you're in a place where the numbers are high, I, I promise you, people that are making their judgments, they're actually doing what is called projection. They're sending their insecurities toward you. So it, it looks like they're making a response about you. But it actually has a lot more to do with their own psychology or their own insecurities or their own inability to take the spotlight themselves. And if we listen to that, we're going to develop an inner critic that really just is not on our side. So I want to give you a few tips here about how to tap into the more genius side, less critical, more genius side of you, more downstream side where you're, you're in the flow more. You're not so overly worried about how you're writing, if you're writing things in the right order, or if you're showing up in your day in the right way, all that stuff that we overthink. So let's just try a few of these ideas. If you're one who thinks, I want to get it right, and you feel, you feel like you kind of spin in this, you know, I, I would put out my content. I would, I would put my essays out in the world. I would go for a better job. I would apply for that opportunity to give a TED Talk, but I want to get it right. I just want to get it right. Instead of overthinking about how perfect something should be, how right it should be, how well you should do it, I want you to try this. I want you to think about how your contribution could add to some idea or some cause. How might your contribution add. If you think of that instead of, I got to get this right, or I got to do this perfect. Let's say you're at work and you're thinking, I I can't speak up until I have just the right words. You know, I got to get just the right words. Otherwise, my boss is not going to listen. What if it went like this? What if you said, hey, boss, (laughs) hey, boss, you know, I've been, I've had something on my mind and I, I really want to tell you about this great thing that Joe employee over here did. And let's say the boss dismisses you, you know, I, I'm kind of busy right now. Could we talk about this later? Maybe the boss says something like that. And you say, we sure can, but just quickly, I want to let you know that Joe employee over there yesterday really saved the day. So yes, when you have time to talk about it more, I, you weren't there to see it. And I just, I really want to share that with you. That's not getting it right. That's taking the opportunity to contribute to something good. 
there's there's a need to point out something good here. And you're just asking for a little time. It gets you out of perfecting how you're going to sort of elevate employee Joe and really just talk about the goodness of what happened. Let's say you're going through the same thing and you want to get your article right. So let's try this again. Your mind is saying to you, I want to get this article right. I want to get every word right. I don't want to send this out until it just feels really polished. What if instead you looked over your article and you asked yourself, how might my article contribute to a greater cause or to a good idea right away? your eyes are going to glance at a few points in that article and see that that's happening. Even though it'd be really cool to have a few more big words, it's not that important. What's important is your contribution, not your perfection. So that's just one way to work away from the critic and into more of your genius zone. Here's another one. Let's try this one. Do you relate to this? This is a protection that many of us use. And what goes on in our mind and what we hear ourselves saying is, you know, I just have too much to do right now. I would write that book. I would give that TED talk. I, I would stand up for my fellow employee. I, I would uh, take care of... Uh, the kids next door. I would do these great things, but the truth is I just, I have, I have too much to do. What if, what if what's really going on under I'm too busy is this idea that, um, I got to protect myself because I just don't know if I have the right image, uh, if I have the right credentials, but I do know that I'm always working at something. So I'm going to go with that instead. I'm just too busy. I'm just too busy is just this interesting way of covering up sometimes, not always, that we're, we're just not sure if we measure up. We're just not sure if we're the right pick. So we stay busy on lots of tasks. And and then it is kind of true, you know, you are too busy. You're really busy making sure that your time is taken up. What if instead you tried this? What if you asked yourself, how might I have a big win with my time and my character? And not fill up my time by just really trying to make a better Facebook image for myself or, uh, you know, avoid others and tell them I'm too busy. What if actually you gave a little more time to yourself or you gave a little time or interest to building real character? And that way, you wouldn't have to be so busy 
doing one task after another that makes you look good. So here's a real life story around that. I was working with a client named Vicky some years back, and I just adored Vicky. And she had this incredible message around mother daughter relationships, but she didn't want to, she didn't want to put it out to the world. And really what I kept hearing from her is I would do it if I just wasn't so busy with my community efforts face to face. I mean, I think that's where I'm needed. I think this whole idea of a book was a mistake, but it really was fun to write the the first draft and all. That's that's what she would tell me. And I guess it was hard to hear this being her coach because A, her first draft rolled out of her almost as good as a polished finished draft. It was almost that good. B, the amount of service she was providing in this manuscript was amazing. It was going to change lives in many, many ways, especially around mother-daughter issues, how we communicate, how we fail to show up for each other, how we have a true desire to connect. It was really insightful and beautiful. So what I asked her was, what would it be like for you to give just a teeny bit less time in your community, and a teeny bit more time to just you. And she was like, I don't, I don't know how to do that. And I said, think of things you love to do that you never do. And she said, well, I gave up running, you know, that was something I did for years. And the short story is Vicky got back to her writing. Vicky found a little more time for herself. A little less time went to all her community efforts. And that first draft was back in her hands. She got working on it and she decided instead of using that as a book, she would use it for online curriculum. And that has benefited her very, very generously in terms of her pocketbook but also in terms of just tweaking it and helping herself know what she wants to say when she goes to her face-to-face communities and does work there. There are a lot of win-wins that happen from Vicky saying, okay, I need to give more time to me and to running because I got so much out of it. And in that peace that comes from being a runner again. She felt more comfortable with her words. She turned it into an online class. It paid her. She started seeing the comments and the feedback from the class. She was able to take that to her community. There has been one win after another, after another. And I bet you can relate to this. Even as her story was unfolding a few years ago with me, I could relate to it in my own life. I could see how there were things that I once used to do a lot and I needed to go back to doing. One thing was that 
I was the person that really, really enjoyed a yoga class. And I went back to strength training and yoga in 2018 because it was something that helped me feel on purpose. And when I feel on purpose, I feel a little more aligned with my words and my writing. You take time for something else and you find yourself back in your genius. You find yourself flowing downstream instead of constantly fighting the current and trying to move upstream. I think we have time for one more. So let me just try this one more. Here's a common one. How will I stand out and be amazing? This is something that goes through the mind of you, me, the person who is creative. How will I stand out and be amazing? If if I have a brand around, oh, say, cooking, uh, my friend Michael went through this. How will my podcast stand out and be amazing? There's so many cooks in the world. There's so many podcasts in the world. What happens is we start to compare ourselves to the guy next door, to the other podcasts, to the other chefs. But the real question is, how would I most enjoy expressing my creativity? During the the early months of the pandemic, Michael and I were working together on developing his podcast, Voice for Chefs. It has since gone live. He created a mission statement around getting chefs out of the kitchen and in front of the microphone, and he has built an amazing following. So the secret, my friends, is asking a new question and bring it back to your creativity. That's going to calm down that critic. That's going to help you feel comfortable under the spotlight. I hope this has served you. It is always a delight to spend Thursdays with you. Until next time, namaste, my friends. Mm